chapter eight of imperium in imperio by sutton griggs this librivox recording is in the public domain many mysteries cleared up on the day prior to the one on which bernard first entered the public school of winchester fairfax belgrave had just arrived in the town a costly residence beautifully located and furnished in the most luxurious manner was on the eve of being sold mrs belgrave purchased this house and installed herself as mistress thereof here she lived in isolation with her boy receiving no callers and paying no visits being a devoted catholic she attended all the services of her church and reared bernard in that faith for a time white and colored people speculated much as to who mrs belgrave was and as to what was the source of her revenue for she was evidently a woman of wealth she employed many servants and these were plied with thousands of questions by people of both races but the life of mrs belgrave was so circumspect so far removed from anything suspicious and her bearing was so evidently that of a woman of pure character and high ideals that speculation died out after a year or two and the people gave up the finding out of her history as a thing impossible of achievement with seemingly unlimited money at her command all of bernard's needs were supplied and his lightest wishes gratified mrs belgrave was a woman with very superior education the range of her reading was truly remarkable she possessed the finest library ever seen in the northern section of virginia and all the best of the latest books were constantly arriving at her home magazines and newspapers arrived by every mail thus she was thoroughly abreast with the times as bernard grew up he learned to value associating with his mother above every other pleasure she superintended his literary training and cultivated in him a yearning for literature of the highest and purest type politics science art religion sociology and in fact the whole realm of human knowledge was invaded and explored such home training was an invaluable supplement to what bernard received in school when therefore he entered harvard he at once moved to the front rank in every particular many white young men of wealth and high social standing attracted by his brilliancy drew near him and became his fast friends in his graduating year he was so popular as to be elected president of his class and so scholarly as to be made valedictorian these achievements on his part were so remarkable that the associated press telegraphed the news over the country and many were the laudatory notices that he received the night of his graduation when he had finished delivering his oration that swept all before it as does the whirlwind and the hurricane as he stepped out of the door to take his carriage for home a tall man with a broad face and long flowing beard stepped up behind him and tapped him on the shoulder bernard turned and the man handed him a note tearing the envelope open he saw in his mother's well-known handwriting the following dear bernie follow this man and trust him as you would your loving mother fairfax belgrave bernard dismissed his carriage ordered to take him to his lodging and spoke to the man who had accosted him saying that he was at his service they walked a distance and soon were at the railroad station they boarded the train and in due time arrived in washington d c 
bernard asking no questions knowing that a woman as habitually careful as his mother did not send that message without due care and grave purpose in washington they took a carriage and were driven to one of the most fashionable portions of the city and stopped before a mansion of splendid appearance bernard's escort led the way into the house having a key to which all of the doors responded bernard was left in the parlor and told to remain until some one called for him a tall man with long flowing beard went to his room and removed his disguise in a few minutes a negro servant sent by this man appeared and led bernard to a room in the rear of the house on the second floor it was a large room having two windows one facing the east and the other the north as he stepped into the room he saw sitting directly facing him a white man tall and of a commanding appearance his hair and for that matter his whole noble-looking head and handsome face bore a striking resemblance to bernard's own the latter perceived the likeness and halted in astonishment the man arose and handed bernard a note bernard opened it and found it exactly resembling the one handed him just prior to his journey to washington the man eyed bernard from head to foot with a look that betrayed the keenest interest opening one of the drawers of his desk he drew forth the paper it was a marriage certificate certifying to a marriage between fairfax belgrave and i am your mother's lawful husband and you are my legitimate child menard knew not what to say think or feel his mother had so carefully avoided any mention of her family affairs that he regarded them as among things sacred and he never allowed even his thoughts to wander in that direction i am senator from the state of chairman of committee the information contained in that sentence made bernard rise from his seat with a bound the man's name was a household word throughout the nation and his reputation was international be seated bernard i have much to say to you i have a long story to tell i have been married twice my first wife's brother was governor of and lived and died a bachelor he was however the father of a child whose mother was a servant connected with his father's household the child was given to my wife to rear and she accepted the charge the child bloomed into a perfect beauty possessing a charming voice could perform with extraordinary skill on the piano and seemed to have inherited the mind of her father whose praises have been sung in all the land when this child was seventeen years of age my wife died this girl remained in our house i was yet a young man now that my wife was gone attending to this girl fell entirely into my hands i undertook her education as her mind unfolded so many beauteous qualities appeared that she excited my warm admiration by chance i discovered that the girl loved me not as a father but as she would a lover she does not know to this day that i made the discovery when i did as for myself i had for some time been madly in love with her when i discovered that my affections were returned i made proposals at that time regarded as honourable enough by the majority of the white men of the south it seemed as though my proposition did not take her by surprise she gently but most firmly rejected my proposal she told me that the proposal was of a nature to occasion deep and lasting repugnance but that in my case she blamed circumstances and conditions more than she did me the quiet loving manner in which she resented insult and left no tinge of doubt as to her virtue if possible intensified my love a few days later she came to me and said let us go to canada and get married secretly i will return south with you no one shall ever know what we have done and for the sake of your political and social future 
i will let the people apply whatever name they wish to our relationship i gladly embraced the proposal knowing that she would keep faith even unto death although i realized how keenly her pure soul felt at being regarded as living with me dishonorably yet love and interest bade her bow her head and receive the public mark of shame heroic soul that is the marriage certificate which i showed you you were born when you were four years old your mother told me that she must leave and as she could not bear to see her child grow up esteeming her an adulteress the war broke out and i entered the army and your mother took you to europe where she lived until the war was over when she returned to winchester virginia her father was a man of wealth and you own two millions of dollars through your mother at my death you shall have eight millions more so much for the past let me tell you of my plans and hopes for your future this infernal race prejudice has been the curse of my life think of my pure-hearted noble-minded wife branded as a harlot and you my own son stigmatized as a bastard because it would be suicide for me to let the world know that you both are mine though you both are the direct descendants of a governor and a long line of heroes whose names are ornaments to our nation's history i want you to break down this prejudice it is the wish of your mother and your father you must move in the front but all that money and quiet influence can do shall be done by me for your advancement i paid mr tiberius gracchus leonard two thousand dollars a year to teach you at winchester his is a master mind one rash deed robbed the world of seeing a colossal intellect in high station i shall tell you his history presently i desire you to go to norfolk county virginia and hang up your sign as an attorney at law i wish you to run for congress from that district leonard is down there as you will find out he will be of inestimable service to you now let me give you his history leonard was the most brilliant student that ever entered entered university in the state of just prior to the time when he would have finished his education at school the war broke out and he enlisted in the confederate army and was made a colonel of a regiment i was also a colonel and when our ranks became depleted the two regiments were thrown into one though he was the ranking officer our commander as gallant and intrepid an officer as ever trod a battlefield was put in command this deeply humiliated leonard and he swore to be avenged one evening when night had just lowered her black wings over the earth we were engaging the enemy our commander was in advance of his men suddenly the commander fell wounded at first it was thought that the enemy had shot him but investigation showed that the ball had entered his back it was presumed then that some of his own men had mistook him for an enemy and had shot him through mistake leonard had performed the nefarious deed knowingly by some skilful detective work i secured incontestable evidence of his guilt i went to him with my proof and informed him of my intentions to lay it before a superior officer his answer was if you do i will let the whole world know about your nigger wife i fell back as if stunned terror seized me if he knew of my marriage might not others know it might not it be already generally known these were the thoughts that coursed through my brain however with an effort i suppressed my alarm seeing that each possessed a secret that meant death and disgrace to the other for i shall certainly kill myself if i am ever exposed i entered into an agreement with him on the condition that he would prepare a statement confessing his guilt and detailing the circumstances of the crime and put this in my hand i would show him my marriage certificate and after that each was to regard the other's secret as inviolate we thus held each other securely tied his conscience however disturbed him beyond measure and every evening just after dusk he fancied that he saw the form of his departed commander he made him cowardly in battle and he at last deserted he informed me as to how my secret came into his possession 
soon after he committed his crime he felt sure that i was in possession of his secret and he thought to steal into my tent and murder me he stole in there one night to perpetrate the crime i was talking in my sleep in my slumber i told the story of my secret marriage in such circumstantial detail that it impressed him as being true feeling that he could hold me with that he spared my life determined to wound me deeper than death if i struck at him you see that he is a cowardly villain but we sometimes have to use such now my son go forth labour hard and climb high scale the high wall of prejudice make it possible dear boy for me to own you ere i pass out of life let your mother have the veil of slander torn from her pure form ere she closes her eyes on earth for ever bernard handsome brilliant eloquent the grandson of a governor the son of a senator a man of wealth to whom defeat was a word unknown steps out to battle for the freedom of his race urged to put his whole soul into the fight because of his own burning desire for glory and because out of the gloom of night he heard his grief-stricken parents bidding him to climb where the cruel world would be compelled to give its sanction to the union that produced such a man as he bernard's training was over he now had a tremendous incentive into life he plunges End of chapter eight